Hi, and welcome back to this episode of the Dreamers Manual Podcast. I am coming to you this week from the start of school for my kiddos, which I'm not going to lie, it feels like it came a little bit early this year. In reality, it was only a few days earlier than normal, but I don't know, we weren't quite ready. Although definitely it is fall temperatures here in Alaska. We had an amazing summer and then the sun just went away, which is fine. I think the fall feels so good. None of the leaves have started changing yet, but the temperatures have been in the 40s to like low 60s Fahrenheit. So we were able to make some soup and put on a sweater, just have a really cozy time. Plus with the rain, I tell you there's something about an audiobook or a cozy show, a knitting project, a hot beverage, and the window open and you're just hearing the rain pouring outside. That's super dreamy. But today, while I wish all of those things for you, we're here to talk about how to have tough conversations. So this is something that I wanted to share because I do have people reach out from time to time and they want help or support with having these conversations. I also think as an online business manager, it accelerates these conversations because you end up not just having them with your own team like you would as a solopreneur agency, but you end up having them with lots of other people's teams. And sometimes you weren't the one who brought on the team members, but you're still managing a lot of things and personalities. I have definitely 100% made some mistakes over the years, but I have to say that it has gotten easier to have these conversations And I think like anything else, it's a muscle that you strengthen over time. So let's talk about whether you want to let a client go, you want to raise your prices, you have a team member that maybe is not holding up their end of the bargain or turning in their work late. Let's talk about how to have these types of conversations. First of all, and it's sort of the golden rule, but also kind of lame at the same time, When you're an introvert, maybe this is different for somebody who's more extroverted, but we need to have respect for ourselves and for the person and have these conversations in person slash on Zoom, especially if that's how you normally communicate. Now, why? (laughs) Why are we doing this? It improves the chances that what we're going to say will be explained or understood in context. There's only so much we can write in an email. Um, or worse, a text. And this is going to be the best start for everybody to get not only what you want to say out in a way that's understood and in context, but just to prevent any misunderstandings. Now, when you're scheduling this meeting, don't surprise somebody with this topic. Like we're not trying to catch them off guard. We really want to respect them and let them know what we're going to talk to them about. And so they can also come to the meeting prepared. I think also some personality types just really work well with having information ahead of time and being able to talk it through. And then make sure that you have space in the time allotted to talk to listen to what the other person has to say and let them share their point of view. This should not just be a I'm talking at you type of a call. And I would highly recommend you would follow up after this conversation with a written summary of what was talked about and any action items from that conversation. More on that later. Now, as with everything, of course, there are caveats. And I always say, listen to your gut when you're not sure if you've had any type of 
purposeful or otherwise types of misunderstandings in the past with this person, it might be better to use written documentation first. You could bring somebody into the meeting as long as it doesn't feel like you're ganging up on the person just as support slash a witness to whatever type of conversation you're having. That would probably be my first choice, but barring that, if it's just not possible, then writing something down to make sure that you're as clear as possible, maybe have someone else read it just to make sure that it makes sense and that everything is in context. That's definitely an option. Now, I hope that you never, ever have this experience of working with someone who is super unkind or even abusive in the way that they treat you. But I have heard of those situations happening, of course, off and on of the online space. So if that's the case, for sure, you have my full permission and support to have a conversation, hopefully letting them go as a client or terminating that relationship via email or some type of written documentation. Now, if you know the person on the other side of the conversation would want to read something or just have a little bit more time to prepare, you can certainly type up like a little agenda or just sort of, here's what I'm thinking about. I would like to talk this through and give them more of a heads up than just saying, hey, let's have a conversation about this. Now, really, like I said, trust your gut on this, but be brutally honest with yourself also. There's a difference between not wanting to have this conversation and making excuses and this type of conversation not being healthy for you to have in person. I'm going to use that synonymously with Zoom. Same thing. I will tell you that in most, if not all cases, you will feel better at the end of the day if you have this conversation in person. Okay, next we want to go in knowing what we want to say. Our goal is to be honest, but not hurtful. For example, it could be tempting to tell someone I'm not doing this type of work anymore because it lets them off really easily and maybe prevent some hurt feelings. But it's a small world. And if you continue to do the work that you're doing for them, that you said you weren't anymore, they're going to eventually find out and that's going to hurt their feelings more than if you would have just been upfront. Adults can work with honesty. Now, the first place I look before having any type of this type of tough conversation is myself. Have I been clear in my expectations? Have I been clear with my boundaries? If it's a team member, have I set them up for the most success? Have I given them clear instructions? Have I been clear about due dates? Have I been in integrity with my due dates? It could be possible and certainly has happened to me in that I found myself upset because something wasn't being done or not being done in a certain way, only to realize I never really communicated that, or if I did, not very well. So in that case, I would say to the person, you know, I I understand when I first assigned this to you, it wasn't clear how I wanted it completed. And so I've taken this time to create this video or to create this sort of written process for how I want this done. And if something isn't clear to you, or if I'm holding you up on anything in the future, please let me know. Not only is this step important, but it also shows that you know how to lead by example. You're showing what it looks like to make a mistake and to take responsibility. You're creating that company culture. Now, if you've done this assessment and you're like, I had a due date, the task was clear, they didn't ask any questions, I don't think I bear any responsibility in this or, I mean, it could be both where you bear some responsibility and they do. 
let's just say you've done this assessment and a conversation still needs to be had. I'd still take the lead with any places that I could take responsibility. I've already mentioned some of these, but just to go over them again, unclear due dates. We as a team haven't stuck to all the due dates in the past. Some of them we did, some of them we didn't, or none of them we did. You realize you've set the tone for whatever this issue is. Then it becomes more of a conversation. I don't even think it's a tough conversation. It's just getting together everybody who is responsible for due dates on the team and saying, I have realized that I haven't been integrity with setting these dates and then sticking to them. But it's it's caused all this chaos and frustration with the entire team because somebody might go out of their way to hit a certain due date and then realize either it's not important or the project can't go forward because other people didn't do their part. So let's talk about how we can move forward. How can we get to a place where we're honoring these due dates? And you can even come with some ideas. Here are some of my ideas. Do you have anything to add? What do you think? Do you think these will work? Getting their buy-in and sign-off is definitely important. Okay. So if you notice things that are not your fault, you can start your conversation with, I've noticed this. I've noticed that you've been missing certain due dates. I've noticed that the work you've been turning in has had a lot of mistakes and we've had to go in and fix these. You can add the effect this has on the other team members, i.e., you know, this is taking so-and-so off of other tasks and so they're having to work a little bit more or we're not able to hold up deadlines because there's a cascading effect. If one thing is late, it sort of makes the other things late. And then you want to find out, is there something going on? I think there's a balance because obviously in a business, hopefully you work with people you consider friends and really enjoy. But in this scenario, I'm not telling you to put your business aside and fully focus on sometimes the turmoil that's going on in somebody's personal life, but checking in and just seeing, is there something going on? Is this temporary? Are they moving is somebody sick? Are they sick? Is something going on in their personal life? I think understanding can go a long way towards someone feeling seen and heard. And also once an issue is on the table, everybody can kind of brainstorm to figure out how to handle it. Now, this is important. I don't want you to come up with a bunch of suggestions, especially for situations where you feel like you've done everything you needed to do on your end. You want to present the question to the person, what can you do to fix this? How can you step up and make sure this doesn't continue happening? And then pause and leave it to them to make the suggestions. The suggestions are going to come with them. If they say, I don't know, that could be a problem in and of itself, but it's okay to say, all right, well, how about you take you know, the night to think about it? and get back to me on such and such day and let me know what your suggestions are or hop back on a call. But do not be in a position where you are telling someone what they should do or what they could do to fix it. Really, once things come from outside of ourselves, it's just not going to be as effective. And also, especially if you're dealing with contractors, they need to develop that business owner mentality. They're not your employee. They shouldn't act like one and they shouldn't be treated like one. So let them step up to the plate and make suggestions. Now, assuming you agree with those suggestions, then you get permission to follow back up with them. Is it okay if I check back with you 
in two weeks, in four weeks. So we can see how things are going and see if you need any other support. This is a level of accountability and it lets them know this isn't just going to be dropped and never brought up again. Like we're serious about a remedy to this issue. Now you might be tempted to go on and on to have this big, long conversation, really dive in. That's not the place. This is not the place or the time. I think sometimes we could do this when we're uncomfortable, just like the mouse starts running and doesn't stop. It's important to keep the conversations and the emails short and sweet. This isn't a blame game or pointing fingers. We're all adults. We're coming to the table and saying, hey, notice this. What's going on? What can you do to fix it? Can I check back in with you? There's no need to you know, go into a long, short, sweet, and to the point. Now, I know how hard this is to actually do. It's like everything, it's easier said than done. And I have two tips for actually scheduling and having these conversations. The first is I am big on self-bribes. So whatever it takes to get me to the other side of the task, whether it's order a sushi dinner, grab a really nice cup of coffee from my favorite coffee shop, go for a walk with my dog. I will use that as sort of the carrot and dangle it in front of myself as what I'm going to do after I've had this tough conversation. It's my reward. And the other thing that's really worked well for me is having an accountability buddy. You obviously don't have to disclose you know, someone's personal confidential things, but I have used my business friends and said, okay, I've got to do... I got to have this tough conversation. A lot of times they've been putting off a conversation too. And that's really ideal because then we both can say, okay, I'm going to get the appointment scheduled right now. And then we check back in usually in Voxer and say, okay, I've got my appointment scheduled. Did you get yours scheduled? And then check back. Okay. I've had the conversation. I, I did it. And then they can check back and say they had theirs. I think that's really nice. One way accountability buddies still work because they're going to be someone who's going to follow up with you if they don't hear from you and say, hey, did you do this yet? Have you done? I know you wanted to have this conversation. Have you set a time? That's really helpful. And sometimes the push that we need to get over that hump of actually scheduling it. Now, remember when I talked earlier about following up with something written after you had this conversation. I was really thinking about this and preparing for this episode last month when I realized I have a whole folder of emails that I would consider tough conversation emails. Now, these include saying goodbye and offboarding a client, that infamous client scope creep, the contractor making mistakes or that follow-up letter that we really talked about in this episode, somebody applied and didn't get the job with you, raising your prices, firing a client, team member offboarding, those types of things. And I thought, why not share that with you guys? So I have put together my 10 most used tough conversation emails, turn them into templates and put them in a folder for you. I even have one bonus email in there. That's kind of fun. So if you're interested in this and just want a place to start from, whether you use the template as it is, or you use it as a base so you don't overthink and just sort of spin your wheels for days and days when you just need to get something on paper and send it out, this is a resource that you can use for that. Now I'll put the link to purchase these down in the show notes, but I just want to encourage you, and you probably know this, but you're going to feel so much better after you've had this conversation. Remember when I talked about in the last episode, failing faster, this is one of those things that's like ripping off the bandaid, 
just have this conversation. It likely won't be the last one that you're going to have, but it's an important tool and it can really stagnate our business and our growth if we're not stepping up and leading from a place of integrity. And part of that is making sure that the people around us are a good fit values wise and that they're holding up their end of the agreement. So if it's back to school for you guys, I'm sending you all my love and hugs for a smooth summer to fall transition. I'm sure there's lots of pumpkin spice, all the things in our futures, and I'll see you on the next episode.